How long has it been since you've wanted to start exercising but haven't done it yet? How long have you been putting off writing that paper or proposal for work? Have you ever waited until the last day before company comes to clean your house or complete a big project and then you're totally exhausted? Or how long have you been putting off that time for you? Can you relate to any of these? I can. Welcome to You Can Do Amazing Things, the podcast to help you get out of your own way and accomplish more in your life. I'm Holly Roman, and together we're going to unlock what's holding you back from your next goal and get you into action to step into your greatness and have the success you've been dreaming of. If you're looking for a positive place each week to grow and learn, get inspired to take your next steps so you could feel more success, joy, and happiness, meet me here every Thursday. It'll be like our weekly chat. We'll drink our coffee or favorite drink together, and we'll definitely have some fun learning, growing, and accomplishing your next amazing thing. Let's do this. Procrastination. This is one loaded topic. It is something that we all do to some extent, but it might actually really plague some people, unfortunately. After we procrastinate, it leaves us feeling so frustrated or so down on ourselves. It's definitely not a great feeling. And I know when I do it, it makes me feel like something's wrong with me. Why can't I get that done? Or why do I keep putting that off? Trying to figure out the flaw inside of me, why I procrastinate. Okay, the good news is that it's not what we fear. It's not because we're lazy. Procrastination doesn't make us a failure. Sadly, this is a lot of times what people feel. They just can't get anything done and then they tell themselves, I am so lazy or I never can get anything done. All that negative self-talk that leads someone into a bad spot emotionally. Honestly, I know I procrastinate as most of us do, but what helps me might not be as helpful to you. And I hear this feedback from my husband and our girls. So knowing this, I really wanted to understand more so I could share different thoughts and strategies that are different from mine. I dove really deep into it, and I'm so excited to share these things with you. Just knowing more about this topic really helps us to understand the complex pieces of procrastination. One of the world's leading masters on this subject is Dr. Tim Pitchell. He is a professor of psychology at Carleton University and runs the 20-year-old Procrastination Research Group, which I've never heard of. He says procrastination is actually like a puzzle. One of his books is called Solving the Procrastination Puzzle. We'll be talking more about him and his knowledge and strategies that he recommends a little bit later on. Before we expand on how we can stop procrastinating, I believe it's so important to dig deeper into the science behind why we procrastinate. Understanding this is really helpful and will give you deeper insights as you begin to relate it to yourself and how and why you procrastinate. There's so much more to procrastination than you can even imagine. It's incredible how much is out there when you really start doing research. So many strategies, so many theories. And I know people just want to get to the, okay, Holly, just how can I fix it? Give me the steps to work on it. But if you think about it, when you go to fix a problem, say if something's wrong with your computer, you can't fix it unless you really understand the inner workings of the computer, right? Or take anything. Just Understanding is not just doing the steps to fix it, but really understanding the root of the problem. So we're going to first talk a little bit about the brain. Procrastination is rooted in our brain and how the different parts of our brain work together. 
Now, I'm not a neurologist by any means, and I'm not going to get too detailed here, but let me give you a short summary to explain the psychology behind procrastination. It's so interesting. Procrastination is more like a constant battle in our brain that's sparked between two parts of our brain, the limbic system and the prefrontal cortex. Now, I didn't quite remember all the parts of the brain from school, so let's do a refresh. The limbic system, where the amygdala is, is one of the oldest and most dominant portions of the brain. It deals with emotions and memory, and it regulates and influences the automatic behaviors we have and ones that are triggered by emotional experiences. The prefrontal cortex, however, we might hear about this more lately, it's newer and it's less developed. It's where we plan, we make conscious decisions and set goals. It regulates our self-control. So let's give a quick example to show the difference. The prefrontal cortex is going to tell you the paper for school or the proposal for work isn't going to write itself and you have to sit down and write it. The opposing side, which is the limbic system, the one that gives you the battle, says, ugh, writing that paper or proposal is brutal. It's not going to be fun. You'll have so much more fun if you just scroll Instagram a bit longer or go watch a show on Netflix. The limbic system, being older and more dominant, is quicker, whereas the prefrontal cortex is newer, less developed, so it's slower to act. Procrastination is the limbic system winning out, responding with emotions, and it actually puts your brain in a happier state. It feels so good to be scrolling on Instagram instead of writing that paper or proposal for work. It feels good, and that's why we do it. But it doesn't mean it's good for us, right? One more thing we need to understand deeply, and it's something we touched on before in the progress episode, why progress is an essential key to happiness. It's episode six if you've listened to it. You remember that with each step of progress, our brain gives us a dopamine hit and we feel good. Okay, so we're going to go in with this idea a little deeper. It's so interesting. Listen to this. Our brain releases this dopamine when we do things that make us happy. We scroll Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok, or any social media. We're getting more likes and more followers on our social media accounts, standing in line for our favorite food, or getting ready to watch our favorite series on Netflix. It's what triggers our more addictive patterns or behaviors. And because of this hit of dopamine with these activities, the more we get, the more we crave. The draw or the pull of dopamine is one of the main reasons we procrastinate. Think about it. That makes total sense, doesn't it? This is the limbic system pulling us to do those things that bring us pleasure and make us feel good now. For that dopamine hit, it beats that prefrontal cortex every time. We as humans get addicted to dopamine. It actually can get out of control, and that's why people can get addicted to other things, like people who gamble. They can get addicted to it because that rush of dopamine when they win. Or this can apply to any type of addiction. I actually had a friend who asked me, Holly, is it possible that I could be addicted to procrastination? I feel like I do it all the time, and I perform better because of it. Oh, this is so interesting because the answer is yes. Just like the above example, we actually can become addicted to procrastination just as much as we are addicted to scrolling on social media because of that hit of dopamine in our brains. We do what feels good at the moment. It's offering us temporary relief from the torture of writing that paper or proposal. But as we'll talk about later, the latter part of that I perform better when I procrastinate 
That's a misconception. I loved reading more from Dr. Pitchell, and he explains it this way. We have a brain that is selected for preferring immediate reward. Procrastination is the present self saying, I would rather feel good now. So we delay engagement even though it's going to bite us in the butt. I'd like to move on now and talk about some of the more common types for procrastination. It's funny to really think about different types because sometimes you think procrastination, it's just procrastination, right? Which really, it could be lumped into one, but knowing there are different types and understanding them can be pretty powerful. Instead of just feeling anxious or shame because you're procrastinating, thinking that you have problems and never finish anything, it really helps you understand it's not that at all. And you might just need some new or different strategies to help with that type of procrastination that you find yourself doing. Let's see if you can relate to any of these. And there are more for sure, but we are going to cover three of them. And then after talking about them, I'm going to share how different types of procrastination actually warrant different strategies to help overcome it. One of the more common types is the last minute type of procrastination putting off until the last minute. And I think a lot of us, we can all relate to this. This is sometimes referred to as the arousal or the aversion type of procrastination. Sometimes a task you have is so boring. You need to feel like more of a boost to get it done. So you push it off and you push it off because you don't want to do it. It's so boring. And then when you think, oh, there's a possibility of doing it wrong or failing, the boring chore of writing that paper or proposal becomes more exciting knowing that you have to do it. You've waited to the last possible moment. You get this kind of rush when you wait to the last minute, weirdly enough, right? Then the dopamine kicks in and there's this false sense that you do a better job when under pressure. As I was learning more about this topic, I came across this TED Talk that was so good. It's hilarious, and it really applies here, and you'll learn so much more about this idea in his video. It's by Tim Urban, and it's called Inside the Mind of a Master Procrastinator. (laughs) I'll link it in the show notes for sure. It's really worth a watch, and it's gotten, listen to this, it's gotten 47 million views. So you know people are really looking for answers on this topic, right? Or at least they want to feel like they're not alone in the struggle. (laughs) I'm actually not going to talk more about the TED Talk because it might ruin it. It's just so good in and of itself that I really hope you click the link and watch it. It's 14 minutes. It's amazing. (laughs) So let's go on. There was a study done by Dr. Diane Tice and Dr. Roy Baumeister. And attract a group of college students. It tracked their performance, stress, and overall health throughout the semester. So those who procrastinated originally showed lower levels of stress at the beginning of the semester. But at the end, not only were they more stressed, but they received lower grades. So to stress the point, we might think we do better under pressure, like some people say, but we really don't. Another feeling that goes along with this type of last-minute procrastination is a feeling of overwhelm. We start to feel overwhelmed by a big project or situation. Let's keep with the example of writing a big paper or proposal, and we're just overwhelmed and dreading it. In these cases, our amygdala in the the limbic part of our brain triggers a fight-resistance reaction to ignore it because our brains are wired to see resistance as a threat, and then the overwhelm will go away, so to speak. The feelings that cause us to gravitate to the more pleasurable things are really strong here and usually win out. 
So interesting. Let's look at two more. The second type is lack of clarity. This is putting off goals and things you want to do because they're not clear or you think a better option will come your way. An example we could all probably relate to is deciding to start eating healthier or start working out. One day you go to the doctor and he tells you your glucose is really high and if you're not careful, you could develop type 2 diabetes. You have all the risks. You go home and because you feel like "Ah, the harm isn't that imminent, but you're not thinking clearly about that decision of not doing anything, not clear on how type 2 diabetes can really affect your life. Or say you're going to start working out, but you're not going to do it until you join that fabulous new gym. But then it takes you months to even join. Putting it off instead of working with what you have, thinking there's just a better future option and you're going to wait for that, is definitely a type of procrastination. A third main way of procrastination is indecisiveness, stemming from perfectionism. This trigger is not wanting to make the wrong decision for some reason, some reason that you make up in your head. Actually, this is what I tend to do a lot. I feel like, oh, I just need to learn more or I need more information and therefore I just don't make a decision. It's a form of procrastinating, spending too much time trying to do one thing or one task perfectly and getting nothing else done in the process. It is painful. Oh my gosh, I could give you so many of my examples, but let's take a couple that maybe more people can relate to. Say someone wanted to start a new diet, but I you know, can't decide, should it be Whole30? Should it be keto? Mm, maybe I don't know enough about them and they go back and forth and they just never decide. That's procrastinating. Or deciding which workout to start with, you know, like, oh, should I do this or should I do that? Just start, right? or trying to write a paper and can't decide on which topic to choose. The list goes on. So let me tell you a quick story. It's so funny. I was helping our youngest daughter with proofing one of her um, big papers before she turned it in. So there was this word we were trying to change. I told her, you know what? I, I think there's a better word for this. Like, I don't know. And she's like, moth. I know. I kept thinking which word to use in another sentence. And like, I couldn't even move on and write another sentence until I thought of that word. It took me 20 minutes just for one sentence. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) I am afraid I have given her this trait. I hope it doesn't get worse. (laughs) Anyway, so there are many types we could cover in this part, but for the sake of time and not going too long, let's go now into the strategies of how you can stop procrastinating. I know this is the biggest part, right? So one important factor here is that a lot of times there might be a bigger and deeper reason why you're procrastinating. Many times it's actually from a fear, one that you know of or one you don't even realize you have. Maybe it's a fear of failing. Maybe it's a fear that you can't do something well enough. Or maybe that imposter syndrome that we all have had haunt us at one time or another is creeping up. Knowing this, is part of it. Recognize it and know that it's something to overcome, but it's not going to hold you back. When talking about the strategies to help procrastination, it's crucial to see the type of procrastination you seem to be doing, and then you're going to apply the best approach to overcome it with specific strategies that will actually help that particular style of putting things off. And keep in mind, the same kind of task might trigger different types of procrastination in different people. For example, the writing idea. One person might be totally bored with the project and push it off. 
Guess it's boring, that last minute thing. But for another person, maybe he or she can't decide what to write about. And that's the indecisive procrastination, each needing their own strategy. Okay, I'm starting with this one in particular because it is so fascinating and relevant to all of us, especially in these times. I watched a YouTube video on it and it was full of excellent research. And I'm going to put the link in the show notes if you'd like to watch it as well. It's called How I Tricked My Brain to Like Doing Hard Things. This strategy is number one. It's doing a dopamine detox. It makes so much sense. So what does that mean? Giving ourselves a break from the endless need for that stimulation. Essentially, we get into such a pattern, almost like an addiction, and we can't break out of it. Imagine the more you get stimulated, with all the things you love, watching your favorite Netflix series, scrolling social media, watching YouTube or TikTok videos, things that excite you and give you that burst of dopamine, the more you have that, the more you crave. So doing hard things or boring things that require focus and they're more difficult to do, they don't give you any boost of dopamine. So we're naturally going to begin to want the dopamine fix more and more to make us feel good instead of feeling the drudgery and the yuck coming from doing the hard things. If you really want to understand it more, you can watch the video. But the point is this, give yourself a detox from everything that is stimulating. The video mentions a whole detox day, but I even think you can start with blocks of time in one day. That means no phone, no social media, TV, games, anything that you gravitate to for that instant gratification. And then instead, use that time to think, to learn, to get work done, to focus, do the things that will actually help you with a detox. There's truth to actually having too much dopamine or too much dopamine concentrated in some parts of the brain and not in others. This is linked to having poor impulse control, feeling tired, feeling unmotivated, or even worse, feeling down or lacking hope. So it's really important. Dr. Tim Pitchell, the world-renowned expert in this field we talked about earlier, says what we really need to do is to downregulate the limbic system and strengthen the response of the prefrontal cortex giving yourself that break, not engaging the limbic system and strengthening the prefrontal cortex part of the brain. So how do you do that? Dr. Pitchell stresses this as his main strategy to combat procrastination. And this is number two, mindful meditation. It is a proven way to improve concentration and reduce anxiety. How, you ask? Okay, let me tell you. Mindfulness meditation actually increases the thickness of that prefrontal cortex, which is linked to attention control. This is the part that we want to strengthen so we have more control when fighting those urges when we want to reach for our phone. If you haven't tried meditation, I challenge you to be open-minded here. Its purpose is to help increase both physical and mental peace and to have a feeling of calm and control. I'm no expert on this for sure. I would actually love to have an episode about it and just share how it helps our brain and our bodies. But I do know this, there are many ways to do it. What I've heard and what I'm working on really is knowing that if you're trying to stay calm and you're trying to quiet your mind, know that your mind is going to wander and that's normal. But the key is this, to say, okay, back to the breath. 
You're going to direct your mind back to your breath, which is really just focusing on breathing and you're trying to relax. There's so much research and things to say about meditation. The more I learn, the more I just think it is amazing. So we'll save it for another episode for sure. I'm also going to add here, there are a few other ways to strengthen and build up that prefrontal cortex part of the brain, which helps us focus and give us that control that we're looking for. And they are learning. Learning is huge. Learning new things, learning new skills, a language, that kind of thing. So effective. And also doing puzzles, doing word games, doing memory games, that kind of thing. There are other effective strategies that you can use to combat this procrastination. So let's touch on those a bit and then we'll wrap it up. The third way is to break up projects and tasks and then give yourself rewards in increments. And so if you're doing that last minute thing or you get bored really easily and put off tasks that are completely dreadful, but you know you have to do them, this is for you. You're going to write smaller goals down, chunks of the task, and give due dates for those. But here's the key. Then you're going to reward yourself after accomplishing each smaller task, giving your limbic system the boost that it's needing or looking for. Maybe you tell yourself, I'm going to work on this for 30 minutes, and then I'm going to be able to spend 10 minutes on Instagram or whatever would be enjoyable for you. Then how it's going to look over time is you're going to be training your brain that these bigger projects aren't going to seem as bad because you're giving these boosts and hits of dopamine in between. So you're still getting that little bit of enjoyment even through the big and ugly task, (laughs) if I could say it like that. Okay, number four, planning each step, writing them down and giving deadlines. This sounds the same, but it's actually different because if you're having a procrastination like you just don't have clarity and you're stuck, this is where you're going to want to have things written down and planned. So you have a goal, you have each step written down, and you give it a timeline. You're giving yourself deadlines, you're giving yourself clarity because you're seeing the steps you need to take to get to that goal. Also with this one, it's really effective to envision the future clearly. What is that positive outcome you're going to get from accomplishing this goal? So for example, why are you working out or why are you working on your relationship? Envision yourself fitting into those jeans you want to be wearing as a result of your goal or really envisioning how amazing it would be to be happier in your relationship. Get clear on what you are wanting. Then it's easier to see what steps you need to take to get you there. Okay, last one, and this would work more for the indecisive procrastinator, or if you struggle with perfectionism like me, (laughs) we're going to set time limits. Give yourself a time limit for deciding, and then you're going to act. You could actually set a timer. This will train you to start just making decisions quicker, and the quicker you can make decisions, the quicker you're going to begin to see progress, which will then keep you going on your project or goal. Going for excellence rather than perfection is going to help here. Messy action is always going to be better than no action. Trying to avoid that all or nothing mentality, meaning you can't think and think and think and decide nothing. You have to make a decision. So set the timer and just get something done. Wow, that was a lot, right? So I want to do a little bit of a recap. I want you to remember procrastination doesn't mean you're lazy. It doesn't mean you're a failure and you need to stop beating yourself up for doing it because we all do it. It's really important not to forget what goes on in our brain. 
actually the battle it has with those two parts of the brain and how how we're going to crave so much more of the dopamine and how that's going to win out every time. We talked about the three more common types of procrastination. The one was the last minute kind, which I think we all can relate to. The second one was the lack of clarity type of procrastination. And the third was the indecisive type of procrastination. Remembering these types all need different strategies, and you're going to have to try different strategies. The first one we talked about was the dopamine detox. The second one we talked about was the mindful meditation. Third one was breaking up projects and give rewards in increments. The fourth one was planning each step and writing them down, giving deadlines. And the fifth one, set time limits. And that one really works for if you're, you're struggling with deciding or you have this perfectionism thing. Remember, not every strategy works every time with every personality. This doesn't mean that the strategy is useless. It just means you have to experiment with different strategies and approaches and what works for you. It's definitely worth the effort of working on procrastination and breaking this negative loop, especially if you do it again and again. Remember, the powerful part of our brain is going to work against us a lot, especially when we're craving that dopamine. But our brains are so powerful and they're malleable, meaning they can change and they can develop. The more we work at something, the more we learn and grow and our brain changes and we will reap the rewards. You just have to decide what matters most to you and do whatever it takes to get you on the road to improvement. Before I let you go, I'm just so curious to know what strategy do you think might work for you? Or or maybe you have another strategy that you want to share, and I'd love to know, one that's super effective for you. I'd love to know because I'm right there with you. This is hard. Every day, it's a work in progress, working on mindset, working on procrastinating, you know, something we're always working to get better and better, but that's a beautiful thing. So let me leave you with a quote from one of my favorites, Tony Robbins. Here it is. You can't get consistent change without consistent action. Thank you so much for listening and spending time with me today. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Please share it with a friend who you think would enjoy it as well. If you haven't done so, I would love it if you could give me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That would mean so much to me and it would help get the word out for the podcast. I will look forward to next week. Seeing you here, same time, same place. Have a great week.